With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Like family. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. 20 minutes or thereabouts from our friend Zubin Mahente from ESPN. He will join us as he does each and every Tuesday. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin, spending probably more time uh, than any of the other sports on college football and the playoff, which is upon us. John Bowenkamp. Uh, joins the program, uh, iowacollegesports.com. Uh, he writes for Hawkeye Nation, strings for the AP. He's a busy guy, and he's with Miller and Condon, and we're grateful. Hello, John Camp. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm just curious to find out who you, how you've managed to sleep the next couple of nights as a hardcore Dodger fan, knowing that the Padres have brought in Blake Snell and are now you Darvish. Wow, it looks like they're head and shoulders the team to beat in the NL West, John Bowen. Camp, you buying no, that? No, no, no. Because I look at I look at a rotation of Bueller, Kershaw, That's Rhea, not bad. <laughs> May Gonsolin, uh starting lineup of Beth, Bellinger, Seeger, Tur- uh, Muncy, hopefully just yeah, they're good. Yeah, you know what you say. Hopefully, Justin Turner is there a chance? I hope he finishes there. Is there a chance that will happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it will. But I, I mean, I, I, I was reading today. There was a prediction from somebody within the Dodger media that said that it would probably be a, a three-year contract with an option on the third, basically. And but if somebody out there offers him four years guaranteed and and you know no option, maybe he goes there. But um, I mean, I, I, I think he, I think he will end up staying there. But I mean, I think they just have to. I think. I think they're going to kind of let him see what's out there first before making their offer. And I mean, you know, again, he's 30, what, 37 years old. And I mean, that's, you know, that, that starts to get a little old for, or, you know, I mean, he starts to get a little old for third base. So, um, you know, the, the key for me is if they, if they allow the DH next year in the, in the National League, because I think if they do, then I think he comes back. And I think he, you know, so, um, you know, it's, it's fascinating. It's, he's a fascinating story. And I mean, um, I think he's, you know, I, I would love to have him back, but if not, that's still you know that's still a pretty good lineup, and that's a that's a great farm system, and there's other things they can do too. So, well, let's John go from one of your expertise that is Dodger baseball in the NL West to another one, and that's college basketball here in our fine state and across the country. Number of years, you're the AP voter from the state of Iowa, and I want to go small first, okay. Missouri Valley. So they come up with this idea. We're going to send teams out. They're going to play back-to-back games. And we see it come to fruition with both in-state teams. You and I, Sunday, looked awful. Outside of yep. one run, they were terrible against Missouri State. 
Then yeah. they come out and fire last night. What, hit 10 of their first 11 shots? Did they really? And just Jeez. completely pulverized Missouri State. Drake, on the other hand, their first game at Indiana State, dominate them. Mm-hmm. Then it's Nip and Tuck, the second one. I think this is going to be a lot more fun and intriguing and maybe a little more difficult for guys like me to handicap. But <laughs> these back-to-backs, a different wrinkle here to this season. No, I think it is. I think it is interesting, and I really wanted to see how they handled this first weekend. And it was interesting that you know they wore different uniforms both days. Yeah. Like they oh, wore did the white they? Yeah. For one day, the blue uniform the next, which I think kind of makes yeah. that you know feel like a home and home deal. But you know, and I know those coaches talked about it in the Summit League doing the same thing. And I, and I when I talked with Western Illinois coach Rob Jeter, he said the same thing. They all wanted to know how they were going to handle it. And so I think really the first couple weekends here, I think you know teams are going to learn a lot about how to prepare, how to go from game one to game two. And you saw with you and I, I mean, like you said, other than that little run to get close, you know, about midway through the second half on Sunday, and then it just kind of all fell apart. But they played, they played well last night. You know, Drake, you know, played well on Sunday. They did a lot of good things yesterday to win that game. And I think you know for them to come home now with two two road wins in this league is is big for them. And so, I, I mean, I think that's going to be the big thing moving forward is how do these teams learn how to adjust from game one to game two, and, and the ones that are going to be successful in the league are the ones that do that. You know, it's been remarkable for Drake, especially yesterday, and maybe it took until yesterday, that the national media, I mean, Dickie V's mm-hmm. tweeting about him, Gottlieb is yeah. tweeting about him, uh, who else was? Maybe it was it uh, Jeff Goodman, I think, had something yep. to say about the Bulldog. Great to see that, you know, it took an 11-0 start for them to notice, and I get it, uh, but it's good to see that DeVries, uh, look at Liam Robbins, seven foot center, walks to walks out the door. He's now doing some good things up with the Gophers, and they haven't missed a beat, John. No, and and the thing is, and I said this last week too. They're they're beating teams. They they play teams and beat teams in non conference that look like what they're going to be playing in the valley. So I mean, I think that I think that gave them a lot of confidence, and they, it's given them a lot of momentum. And for them to go, I guess for them to go on the road in this league. And you open up with back-to-back games in the same place, and you win both. That really says to me that that this team knows what it's doing right now, and and that's it's it's in a good place right now. And so, you know, now all of a sudden, if you come home next, you know, next weekend, and you you know this weekend, and you sweep, now all of a sudden, you know, you're four and zero in league play, and and that in this kind of season and what's going to be is really good. And so, I mean, I just like what they're doing right now. I mean, they're they're doing the things they have to do. They're playing their games. That's one of the most important things in my mind. Is <laughs> yeah. to get the, they're getting their games in. So you can see this team has a lot of chemistry and I think really kind of build on the momentum of what they did last year down at the Valley Tournament. I think, I think they, they're kind of building on that. And I, I just like where they're at right now as a team. Southern Illinois coming up in their next double dip. That'll be Sunday, Monday. And then the following week, Loyola comes to town to Des Moines. Don't think we're going to be able to have fans in the stands, though. You and I is allowing a few people Are in. Are they? As is Iowa State. I don't think I, we haven't heard anything here, John. Have you heard anything about the possibility of some people being allowed in the Nap Center? I haven't heard anything, but I mean, I, I, I you know, it's it's one of those things that if you allow a few hundred people in, is it going to matter? You know, yeah. I mean, is it, is it going to be a bad thing? You know, I mean, you and I did it this weekend. I mean, that's a, to me in my in my mind, that's a good test. And I mean, I do uh-huh. think, you know, I mean, I do think as, as we get into January, when we see what the case numbers are around the state, maybe you start seeing more people at the Hilton, at Hilton, maybe you see more people. Yeah, I don't know what the Big Ten is going to do, so I don't know what Iowa is going to be able to do. But 
it is going to be kind of interesting to see whether some of these arenas open up here in the next few weeks. Yeah, I read uh, something from Barta last week that said he anticipated there would not be anybody in the stands at the University of Iowa, which makes sense. Let's see here, though, a smaller scale. A couple hundred could be there for that Loyola matchup, back-to-back nights. That'd be certainly something really cool for Drake to be able to do that and maybe even build a little bit more buzz uh, for those two games. Let's jump over to Iowa. Lose to Minnesota on Christmas night. Frustrating loss. Don't follow up three. Go under a screen on a hot three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Let a guy get eight of nine. What can you do on that one? But yeah. lose to Minnesota. That kind of loss in itself, I mean, see what they did to Michigan State, doesn't hurt. But if you want to win a regular season title for the first time in 41 years, feels like you can't lose those type of games. Right, and I, and I, and I think that's the thing. Because, I mean, in my mind, you know, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. One is, is you lost a, con- a road game in a really difficult conference in overtime, in a game you should have won, and you can look at it and say, okay. But at the same time, like you said, if you want to be a champion, those are the games you got to win. And, you know, they had a chance there in that last minute. You're, you're up seven with 45 seconds to go. You should be able to put that away. They, they left points at the line. Um, you know, they, they struggled early in the game, which I think, you know, I mean, in the two losses they've had this year, they've left a lot of points on the court. And I think that, that if, if you, you know, if you make some shots here or there, that's a different game. And so I think, you know, these are lessons moving forward. But if they want to win the Big Ten, you've got to win those games. It means you've got to win at Rutgers on Saturday. It means you've got to win at Maryland. Oof. I mean, these are teams that you are better than. You are supposed to be better than. And, yes, it's on the road, but, you know, if you really want to contend in this league, those are the games you've got to win. Records aside, John Bowenkamp, 29th of December, who are your power ranking the Big Ten? Uh, give me your top three in the Big Ten. Again, you can use the records if you want. <laughs> this is a difficult exercise, and I would think sure that you would have three. I would have maybe some of the same, but maybe not in the same order. Likewise with Trent. It's a crapshoot. Well, I would have said Wisconsin. One. Yeah. Prior to last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at home. Right. You know? And I mean, it's, it's like... Um, I don't. I don't think. I mean, I, I really like. You know, I went back. You know, I was kind of studying up on Northwestern last night, and I really like what they've done. Mm-hmm. And you know, something the Iowa players talked about yesterday about being connected and 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 on both ends of the court. And I mean, they are at the top of the league. You know, the top two or three in the league, not in not just in offense, but in defense. And so, in my mind, I mean, that's why they're undefeated at this point because they've 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 done the things they've needed to do. To win now, it's going to get a little bit tougher on them coming up, and I think tonight's a big game to see where they're at. But, um, but I mean, I you know, right now that's your team in my mind because you're doing everything right right now. I see Illinois. I love the talent of. Mm-hmm. See, I, they'd be at the top of my list, and I think they have the best chance maybe to win a national championship okay. out of the group. Just Desumu can throw his oh, team on so the back, good. and you have right. that rim protector, and you got Trent Frazier who's been around for two decades, and you got all these guys. Young talent also mm-hmm. that's in place. There are a couple of really nice freshmen. But they've lost three times. And yeah. just there's times that you watch them and there are long stretches where they don't play great. Is it? I don't know. Can you put your finger on Illinois? Why? Maybe they're not better Who are than their they losses? are. We saw Baylor crush them. Missouri. Okay. And who's, who's a lot better than I thought coming in. And the Rutgers, Rutgers in Big Ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I, I mean, again, that, this goes back to the league. I mean, who would have thought Michigan State would where they're at. Yeah. Right? three. Um, you know, and, and so, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, that, that I mean, in Illinois' case, I mean, I, I just don't, I, I don't trust them, 
I guess is my yeah. thing. And, and because of because of those games, is, and so it makes you wonder. You know, to me, when you get in, especially in this season, as weird as it's going to be, when you get into February, when you get in early March, it's going to be the teams that are, that are not only good on the court, but they're good off the court. They're good in the locker room, and I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I see out of this team right now. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a team that likes to play chippy, which I think could cost you sometimes in games. Um, I think it's I, I I don't know I just I don't I don't have a lot of trust in them right now. I think they're as talented as anybody in the league and as anybody in the country, but I just don't trust them right now. And, and to to do the things that you need to do when you get down the stretch in this season. Where was uh, um, Wieskamp's game uh, on Christmas night? I mean, he he looked like he was back to being the the freshman version uh, of Joe Wieskamp. Not, not that he disappeared on Christmas night. He struggled to make a shot. I get that. Um, but did he was he disappointed in his game against the Gophers when you guys had a chance to zoom with him? Yeah, I, I think he was. And I mean I, I, I think that you know, I, I, I think that he can he can get thrown off his game at times. And I think, you know, you saw that last year. I, I think you've seen that a couple of times this year, but I think he's he's a lot stronger and I, I think it comes down to you've got to have confidence in yourself to get to the basket. Because if you get to the basket, you're either going to score or you're going to get to the free throw line. And he's stronger now, and I, I think that's what he needs to be as we get down the road of the season is he's going to have to be the one that becomes that number two behind Garza just because of his experience, just because of his talent and his ability. He is going to have to make plays for himself sometimes. And I think he has to just start getting that confidence that he can do that on a nightly basis. How many wins does it take to win the regular season title? Jesus. I have a number in my mind, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic. Where are you, John Bowenkamp? I think I think there's going to be teams out there that lose six games and win this league. Fourteen? I, yep, yeah, 14, that's, where I, that's where I was. Fourteen yeah. and six will win a share of the title, I think. I, I, think if you get, I think if you get to 14, you have a really good chance of winning this league. Wild. You know, I mean, there may, there may be somebody as we get into February that just really goes off and goes on this long winning streak and maybe gets to like, you know, um, you know, 16 and four or something like that. But I think, I think in your mind, I think as a coach, and I know everybody says you want to win every game, but I think you look at say, if, if, if you can win 14 games, I think, I think you're in the hunt at the end of the year. Just because, I mean, it's just so unpredictable at this point. Indeed it was, or is. Uh, let's do a couple of minutes on football, John. We'll let you go. Obviously, the season, uh, unfortunately, has come to an end, but you got to be grateful for what you saw out there, getting eight games, uh, finishing, winning uh, the final six games is something yeah. to hang their hat on. What has struck me, uh, John, in the aftermath of the consolation is just how important this team was to its head coach. I mean, he talks about teams that, you know, he's he'll have his favorites when he's sitting back in his rocking chair or maybe he's watching birds at that point um <laughs> but th- this one is going to be this one's going to remain with him i think that this group of 2020 for a variety of different reasons not necessarily just uh record based uh this this one's meaningful to him yeah you think about where this team was in june and you think about where this program was in june and july and and then for them to start the season the way they did oh and two and at any point there could have been a lot of guys just say, you know what, we're done with this. And instead, this team stayed together. When they went six in a row, and in my mind, the best way to finish was what they did against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the atmosphere that night, the way they were acted, that was the best way to go out. And 
So I, I think it gives them a lot of momentum into this offseason. Yeah, they're going to lose some key guys. But, but I think the, the, the chemistry within that program is something that I think, and, and the way they've come together is something that I think Kirk Ferentz really appreciates. And you could hear him say that, and he's been saying that really here the last few weeks, that he's really been impressed with how they have come together, you know, in on the field and off the field. And I think that's a good sign for, for him moving forward. John Bowencamp, John, thank you for what you do for us. Appreciate it. We will uh, talk to you in the weeks ahead. Happy New Year to you, John Bowencamp. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you guys. Good to good talk one. to you. You do the same. John Bowencamp, uh, Iowa College Sports. Iowa College. What's the website? Iowa College Hoops. Hoops. Dot com. Iowa College Hoops. Dot com. Right. Thank you to John Bowencamp for joining us. And we got some good ladies' hoops, women's hoops going on right now. Iowa State off to. Uh, Pretty good start, and Caitlin Clark, another not just freshman of the week in the Big Ten, but Big Ten Player of the Week, regardless of class. You can see why she was one of the top Mm -hmm. players in the country. She's going to leave her mark there, isn't she? Can she get them to a Final Four, that final step? We saw Gustafson get them so close. Mm -hmm. We've seen those Iowa State teams, but that final step in women's basketball, it is so tough. You can't just have one player, right? Well, as you say, there were a lot of sports. Right, right. But I, I think in women's basketball, because we see that tower of power, the four, five, mm-hmm. six same teams, and just they seem to be playing at a different level, it can't just be a Meg Augustuson. It can't just be number of Iowa State players throughout the years. You need to have a couple of them together. I just think. You put a couple, maybe the best of Iowa and Iowa State teams. Yeah, that would do it. Then you could get there. That would do it. All right, we'll take a timeout. Zoom and Mahanting. Pluter There's a summer topic. Indeed. <laughs> oh, man. There's a summer. What's summer going to be like? Normal, please. Yes. Fingers yes. crossed. I'm in. I'm in. Miller and Condon till noon. Zuba Mahente next. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106. Sports Station, KXNO. Have you heard the good news? Starting this Friday, you no longer have to travel to sign up for mobile sports betting with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can literally do it from anywhere in the state. Yes, that includes your house, your, your office, your car, couch, waiting for your significant other to come out of the store whatever looking at ken miller across the glass <laughs> yeah you could do it from I, watch anywhere. You, I watch you on your app trent <laughs> on the other side of the glass by the way DraftKings sportsbook app they are america's top rated sportsbook app check out their free to play pools with thousands of dollars in prizes up for grabs free to play pools easy to enter all you do navigate to the pools button on the home screen of the DraftKings app choose from the list of contests and to kick off the new year DraftKings is giving all players, not just new users, all of us, a chance to double their money if a touchdown is scored in Friday's semifinal football game taking place in New Orleans. What touchdown? A chance to double your money. DraftKings Sportsbook, safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy to deposit, and most importantly, withdrawal. Your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money. Again, if a touchdown is scored in Friday's college football semifinal game taking place in New Orleans, that's KXNO for new players to get a shot at doubling their money. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of older. Uh, Iowa residents only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-8. Available in all states.
Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM as we take you until noon. Well, our next guest, ESPN Radio, Zubin Mahenti, does the morning show with Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, but he's also back on TV this past weekend, turned on my sports center. There he was doing an NBA highlight package. Good to see you back on TV, Zubin Mahente. How are you? Yes, I'm the only person that is willingly traveling at this point. Uh, the government <laughs> do not travel, but I'm going back between Bristol and New York quite a bit, and obviously with the playoffs here Friday, and then we'll be back up for the megacast. So it's a weird time to be traveling, especially in this area of the country. But, uh, you know, it's this time of year. It's the college football playoff. Yes, great it opportunity. is. And we're ready to go. It's going to be it's going to be great Friday. I think a lot of people are saying, "Yeah, it's boring. It's predictable." But you guys know when it comes down to it on Friday for those two games and on Championship Monday, we'll all be locked in. No doubt, Zuba. So take us behind the scenes. You guys are going to do a ton on these playoffs. Obviously, it's uh, they're going to move the needle. How much goes? What would we most be surprised at, maybe, Zubin, about pulling this thing off from an ESPN perspective? Uh, Kind of, uh, you know, take us behind the curtain, if you will. Yeah, I think the biggest thing you're going to see is that the biggest events at ESPN, of course, are all done live and in person, and you can say that with the other networks as well. But as time moves on, even as the coronavirus subsides a little bit, I think you're going to see that the relative success of many of these events being done in a studio is going to be something that really is going to allow you to see the game in a different way. So, for example, I was working with Trevor Maddich. You know, he's working on the couple bowl games today, and he's calling the games with our Mark Kesta shirt just here, right? He's just mm. calling them right here. And it's a little bit strange. We're not going to do that for the playoff or anything like that, for sure. But it's one of those deals where the overwhelming amount of events are going to probably be done that way moving forward. It's incredibly cost-effective. And I think for the average viewer at home, you don't really miss the announcers. It doesn't really feel like uh, not being on the scene is losing a lot. We're still going to have an on-site reporter somewhere. So if an athlete goes down with an injury during the game, he or she can run to the athletic trainer. They can run to the sports information director and find out. We're certainly always going to have somebody on scene, eyes and boots on the ground, to make sure we can cover what's happening. That won't be the deal uh, with the playoffs. So I think just the logistical hurdles, I think sort of back, guys, I sort of think back to the draft. And that was a gigantic logistical hurdle, right? Making sure we had a camera in the house of every prospect that could be picked possibly early, then end up doing the entire draft from Bristol. It was a gigantic undertaking, uh, but it was done. So I think you're going to see that moving forward. Our coverage will be here in Bristol. Joe Tess will be on the uh, first game, and Sean Kelly will be on the second game. So it's great to have Joe back doing big-time college football, which is what he's so associated with, along with horse racing and boxing. So it'll be a logistical hurdle, but I think it's something we've been prepping for all year. And if you're in the business, I think it's something you're going to be seeing moving forward. Zubin Mahente joining us, ESPN. Zubin, let's get into the semifinal games, uh, a breakdown of each of them. Notre Dame, nearly a three-touchdown dog against Bama, but... We've seen teams be able to score. Ian Book is playing at the highest level of his career. That defense can be salty. They can run the football a little bit. Do you anticipate Notre Dame's going to hang around at the very least, or is this yet another Notre Dame on the biggest stage falling on their face? Hmm. Yeah, I think they're going to hang, but I was disappointed by Brian Kelly's comments the other day, essentially saying, I think you're short-shifting us. Uh, we're here again. 
And I just think when you're the head coach of Notre Dame, you know, you wouldn't hear Lincoln Riley saying that, right? A guy that's been to the playoffs but hasn't won. Obviously, Oklahoma's been far many more times than Notre Dame. But you're not going to hear Lincoln Riley saying, hey, guys, cut us a break. At least we made the playoffs. Yeah, I don't have a great defense. Yeah, we've never won a game in the playoffs. But how many teams really have made the college football playoffs? How many programs have been able to make something like that happen? So I was disappointed in his comments where he really kind of shot back to the media and said that, you know, we should be proud to essentially be at this point and anything else that people are saying that we haven't been able to do is wrong. But to me, I look at it from a different vantage point. We had Trevor in um, on the show earlier this week, and he's going to be our analyst for our playoff coverage that begins at 3 Eastern on Friday. And Trevor always looks at it from an interesting viewpoint. He thinks Notre Dame's tight end, not the biggest position group in the world for a game like this, he actually thinks that's one place where they have a significant edge in their game. And that's tough because this is an amazing Alabama team that's got multiple Heisman finalists. You know, you got a guy like Mac Jones. I mean, how good is Mac Jones? Well, I don't know, but I know it was good enough for Tua's brother to transfer. Right. He saw some things early there. Um, and Trev just said, the wide receivers are there. Can Book get him the ball? We'll see. I don't think that's going to be a huge difference. There's the single biggest underdog in any game in the history of the playoffs. Uh, so that's going to be tough to overcome. But Trev sees things differently. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on the wide receivers. I'll give you a quick little nugget because you guys always like talking about you know, coaches and stuff. Um, you know, I was with him yesterday morning, and we were just talking during the break, and we were talking about, um, you know, some programs that are really flailing. And we just ended up on Arizona randomly during the commercial break. And he goes, you know, why, wh- you know why they hired Jed Fish, he goes to me. I said, why did they hire Jed Fish? He goes, Arizona State's got Herm Edwards, yep. Marvin Lewis, and Antonio Pierce. That's the head coach and two guys on the staff. And they're telling all the kids out west in that portion of the country that are thinking about those two schools. If you want to get to the NFL, mm. Herm Edwards, Marvin Lewis, Antonio Pierce. Arizona's got nobody like that. So who do they hire? They go hire a quarterback coach off one of the best stacks in the NFL. Never would have thought of it. Trevor just kind of put two and two together like that. So if he's going to say the tight ends are something to watch, I'll say there's something to watch. Uh, but like I said, I was a little disappointed in Coach Kelly's comment. I understand where he's coming from. He wants to damp any sort of disappointment that may come on Friday. But I just thought it was a little bit strange. He's been on our show twice. He's been a great guest. But I just thought it was a little bit strange to the head coach of Notre Dame to sort of say that we should be satisfied and you should be satisfied that we're here. Yeah, well, we, we're certainly hoping it's a close game. We saw what Pitts did against that Alabama defense, so maybe the Notre Dame uh, will have some success. I hope they do. I hope it's close. I do hope Alabama wins because I think that's um, with all that star power. I don't care if they win the national championship or not, but I think it would be, be- for the betterment of the final, the championship game, I think it would be better uh, if they are in it. So but let me get your take on this. Trent and I spent a few minutes on this at the end of the first hour. Uh, we were talking about Trevor Lawrence, and we were talking about where he's now going which is Jacksonville, right? Which is huge for his bank account because there's no state taxes in the state of Florida as opposed to New York, as you know well what the taxes are like in this uh, in the state of New York and in New York City. But is it, is it good for the league that he's going to seemingly um, the, the most forgettable franchise in the NFL right now of the 32 teams seemingly is the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is it good to give that franchise a boost or will he be kind of going to... Uh, to purgatory uh, when it becomes a jag. Yeah, we actually discussed this the other day. It's a great point. I mean, is it is it better to go to Jacksonville or go to New York with the Jets, which would obviously be a struggling franchise, but you'd be on the biggest stage here in New York. And my personal opinion is Jacksonville is better because I do believe, short of him going to Jacksonville, 
I don't think there's anything the Jags could do that could make me pay attention to them at all. I mean, Minshew is a nice story. Luton is a decent backup. Glennon is who he is. But I do think you're right. It's 31 NFL franchises and that one in North Florida. And I do believe if you put Lawrence in there, that at least makes them relevant. Right now, they've just been totally irrelevant. They're just not even on the scene. I mean, think about this. The Jets started 0-13, but they were a story because they're the Jets and couldn't win a game. The Jags have essentially lost like 13, 14 games in a row. Essentially, they are the Jets with regards to a season-long skid after a season-opening win, but nobody's talking about them. So you have two teams that have both lost double-digit games in a row at some point in the season, and every Monday the Jets are being discussed because is Sam Darnold the guy? What are they going to do? Whereas the Jags have a very, very similar profile, and nobody's talking about them. So I do think for the betterment of the 32, the collective, I do believe he's better off in Jacksonville. It'll be interesting to see. There are some incredible rumblings. I don't know how this could be the case, guys. There are incredible rumblings at this moment, and this is maybe just conjecture and some good speculation, that Doug Marone could return. I don't understand how that could possibly be the case, but I've actually heard a little bit of that chatter going through. He's also from Georgia. He's not too far away from Jacksonville from his personal uh, standpoint. I think that would be good, but I think going to Jacksonville would just give them the boost that they need um, because short of him going there, even somebody like Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson or Pitt, uh, excuse me, um, Kyle Trask or Mac Jones, all, all, all impressive quarterbacks if Jacksonville were to draft any of those guys later and try to develop them later in the draft. But I think Lawrence is literally the only guy right now in the draft that if he went to Jacksonville would make the casual fan pay attention to Jacksonville and that's probably worth it at the end of the day. You know, the Marone thing, they don't even have a general manager yet, do they? I don't think they do. You know, Dave Caldwell, yeah, Dave Caldwell was fired during the year. Tom Coughlin yeah. was obviously fired during uh, the stretch prior to that. What's interesting, Shad Khan, the team's owner, his son, Tony Khan, a lot of people have said, and especially people that have been traded from the Jaguars, like, you know, guys like uh, Campbell and Ngakwe and some of these guys that have wanted out uh, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey yep. Many of these people have said, that his son, Tony, um, you know, and it happens in the NFL. Jerry's son, Stephen, is out mm-hmm. there with uh, Dallas, of course. But his son, Tony Khan, isn't really a football guy, and that's holding the organization back a little bit. But you're right. Coughlin gone, Caldwell gone, all hope gone at the moment. Uh, m- more on Jacksonville. <laughs> we'll save that rest of it for later on in the week, Trent. Uh, but I do I, I question for you, Zuma, since I knew to the, watching uh, Monday Night Countdown last night that you're coming on today. So I was watching a package. Susie Colbert was doing it. I think it might have been on 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 Diggs and Allen, but regardless of what the focus was, it seemed like they were their studio was way up at the top of some building because I was looking down below, and then there's seemingly New York traffic way in the distance. Where is that studio, Zubin? I for whatever reason thought it was you know ground level or whatever, but it seems like they're uh, they do that show from a, from an upper floor. Yeah. Um... I don't know what the cost of that is, but I would say it was pretty exorbitant. But that is actually located on the very top of our studio here in New York. We have one studio in New York where we do first take around the horn, the NBA, our program in the morning, and NFL on Sundays. And that's at the uh, South Street Seaport. If you're familiar with New York, we're here in Lower 
Manhattan. Mm-hmm. The area just got hit by Superstorm Sandy several years ago. It's near Wall Street Financial District, yep. Little Italy, Chinatown, if any of your listeners are familiar with this area of New York City. So essentially, that set is on the roof. So that definitely wasn't any CGI New York traffic. There's not a lot of New York traffic these days relative to the old days, but that definitely was real New York traffic. So what they do is they basically assemble a set on the roof of our building here at, uh, called Pier 17 right over the water in New York City. And unless there's some huge rain or snow, which we have had this year, then they will actually do the show uh, indoors. In many cases, Sunday NFL Countdown is done indoors from the same location. But on Monday night, uh, it's at night. You know, obviously Sunday NFL Countdown starts at 10 a.m., but when you can get the light and you can get some sort of New York traction or excitement, they try to do it outside. But anytime there's inclement weather, because it's outside, they have to hustle back inside. So it's on the roof of our building here uh, in New York. Kind of a newer thing, but it does add a little bit of sizzle, I agree. Well, it got my attention. <laughs> yeah. I just, anyways, neither here nor there, but any, go ahead, Trent. Zubin, uh, to your beloved NBA, Daryl Morey gets fined $50,000 for an automated tweet because it mentions James Harden and there's concerns about tampering here. Where's the common sense, police? <laughs> yeah, I agree, because I think the NBA is actually the one league that would actually look at that and say, well, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. Right. Adam Silver would just wipe it off the board. You know, Roger Goodell would say, well, you know, the NFL bylaws say, so I've got to do it. You know, yeah, Adam Silver seems like the complete opposite of that. I think, I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, I can't extrapolate this, but I, I'm pretty sure Adam Silver is just furious with Daryl Moore. <laughs> Going back to last year, the league lost about $400 million, $400 million after his initial tweet for support of Hong Kong when the NBA mm-hmm. players were in the preseason in China. And then you add to all the money that was lost in the bubble, the $150 million or $80 million or whatever it was to just house everybody in the bubble. I'm not putting any of that on Daryl Moore, obviously. Um, but I think he is still really upset at what happened. I mean, China is the NBA's number two partner behind the United States. I mean, that's where the biggest fan base is growing outside of this country, and they need to maintain that relationship. And obviously that tweet started everything. What's interesting about it, when you think about it, is that uh, Daryl Morey and the Rockets, I mean, the Rockets, believe it or not, have the longest current playoff streak in the NBA. They've made the playoffs for the last eight years. Nobody's made it more than that consecutively. He was there for that entire tenure. He's always never afraid to swing and see what happens, whether it's Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard, back when Dwight was a really big deal, James Harden. Obviously, there's some talk he could go to Philly. But the thing here to keep in mind is the NBA trade deadline is not until March. And obviously, this is an asset that the Rockets are going to have to try to get as much for because outside of Hakeem Elijah one and Clyde Drexler, you could probably say, you know, this is one of the greatest players in Rockets history. Mm-hmm. So they're going to wait, 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 wait. they got a new GM. they got a new head coach. And they're going to have to spin this for as much as they possibly can. Uh, right now, the Rockets are sort of a weird situation with the COVID and everything. And does he really want to be there? But with the trade deadline being in March, Daryl Morey running the Sixers, Harden having his most success under Daryl Morey, this thing could stretch out for quite some time. Um, and I think that's really unfortunate because I think somebody could really benefit from having Daryl Morey and James Harden together in Philly. But at the same token, uh, if the Rockets want to start over, it sort of feels like they're being held hostage at the moment. They actually control his rights for the next two years. They don't technically have to do anything with him. But obviously, you don't want a guy around the program that doesn't really want to be there. But uh, with the trade deadline being March and the Rockets being in no rush, realizing this could be the hall of all halls on the way back, 
Uh, this could go on for quite some time. Uh, Zubin, and finally, the college basketball. COVID robbed, of us, uh, robbed us of Gonzaga Baylor watching that game earlier this year. Uh, they're, they're two of the remaining unbeatens at the top of all, all of the polls. Uh, this Gonzaga team, and I know it's crazy early. We're not even in January yet. How good can they be, Zubin? Might this be a team that can get through unscathed? I know it's nuts to say that, but boy, oh boy, what's their weakness? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. I think the only thing right now that could stop them, and again, we always say this, you know, Kentucky went undefeated in the regular season. Wichita did it as well not too long ago. Um, I think right now the coronavirus is probably the only thing that can stop Gonzaga. They've obviously been ravaged by it already because the program on pause. But I would encourage anybody, if you didn't see any of the game against Virginia this weekend on CBS, uh, I think it was on Saturday, uh, like four, go find the YouTube clip. Uh, so they, they might have excuse me, first team All-American. Timmy and Kispert, and then you guys know the situation with Doug. But Kispert was pulling up from like, I'm not even, it was like Steph Curry reigned without hesitation or a heartbeat. I mean, it was just what you would see Steph doing during an NBA game, just pull up from wherever and fire away. I mean, we did the highlight Sunday morning on sports there, Ken had mentioned. I mean, he was just literally pulling up maybe five feet beyond the uh, midcourt strike and just letting it fly. Not with the shot clock running down, just letting it fly. Keep in mind, they have a guy named Andrew Nemhard who transferred from Florida. This guy could probably start for the majority of the teams, almost any other team in America, coming off the bench at Gonzaga. And so I think this is it for them. You know, they're probably not going to play in front of a lot of crowds um, because a lot of schools out west, Pacific 12, West Coast Conference, this is not like the ACC or the SEC or even the Big Ten to an extent where you're going to have a handful of, of fans. I think they're going to play at empty arenas. I don't think there's going to be a lot of hostility there. That's been brought out over the last few days by a lot of people. But I do think when you've got the opportunity to have two first-team All-Americans, a guy that's coming off the bench that could start anywhere else, Harmony, realizing how close they've been. I will say one thing. The West Coast Conference is a little bit better than people are giving it credit for. You know, St. Mary's and BYU are still there. Pepperdine actually is a breakout player, could have a breakout season. We already saw with San Francisco in the West Coast Conference, did to Virginia. And San Francisco, believe it or not, has actually played Gonzaga pretty close here recently. So there's always a pitfall there. But I just think with what's going on with their roster, and I hear Baylor fans, but there's a wide, wide gap right now between Gonzaga and Baylor. And all you have to do, even if you've never seen a minute of Gonzaga basketball this year, but I, I encourage you, go watch these Kispert clips. Just look at who they beat, right? I mean, sometimes you don't even have to watch the game. I mean, just look at their schedule and who they've mm-hmm. beaten and how they've been able to do it, whether it's Virginia, whether it's Kansas, whether it's what they did over the weekend. Yep. I mean, they have just annihilated everyone. Iowa. And setting up to be their season. Iowa, right? Iowa, it's setting up to be their season. And with no 2020 tournament, if a team like Gonzaga were to win the 2021 tournament, it would be a fairy tale story, which would be great because it would be coming off of a nightmare of a season where we had no March Madness. So it could be a great one swing of the pendulum to the other side. Zubin, uh, thank you for coming on, previewing the college football playoff with us. Uh, obviously, a lot of foot- college football fans and uh, the listening audience here. Happy New Year. Congratulations on your success. Thank you for what you do for us, and we'll talk to you next week, Zubin. Thank you. Indeed. I'll talk to you next year, which means <laughs> 2020 we have turned the page. <laughs> Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. See you, pal. <laughs> Good to talk to you. Zuba Mahente from ESPN. We'll come back, wrap things up. Has Trent got a pick or two? We will find out. What's the number on Iowa Northwestern at DraftKings? 
DraftKings, I will get an updated number when we get back. It was opening number at Circa yesterday, 12. I saw that, but didn't it fall right away after it that? It did, yeah. Much high, much lower. The Ken Palm number was 9. It still is 9, so a little bit of difference there. We'll get an updated look when we get back. Uh, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 10. All right, starting this Friday, you'll be able to sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook app from anywhere, including your house. To kick off the new year, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players the chance to double their money if a touchdown is scored in Friday's semifinal game taking place in New Orleans. One score, that's all you're going to need to double your money. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up a shot at doubling your money. Again, just a touchdown to be scored in Friday's semifinal game taking place in New Orleans between that team in purple and orange and the team in scarlet and gray. That's code KXNO for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time only. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. Iowa residents only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-E-Required. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes. Uh, tomorrow, Cappy, as he always does on Wednesdays, for the most part, uh, will join us. A lot of ground to cover with Cappy. Of course, the Cubs news. If you're a hockey fan, there's Chicago Blackhawk news that may not be good pursuant to their captain, Jonathan Taves. Uh, but we'll get into that tomorrow with Cappy, amongst other things, at 11.05. Cyclone fans, uh, the Oregon writer from The Athletic will join us tomorrow about 10.30-ish to preview the Fiesta Ball from Oregon's perspective. All right, Trent Condon. Mm-hmm. It's your time to shine. Mr. Monday Night went down in flames. Yeah, it was a rough year for it Mr. Was. Monday Night. Thanks. Thank goodness we don't have to listen to that guy anymore. You just got to listen to me. I'm a different guy than Mr. Monday Night. Uh, do you like the football games tonight, either of the Bulls? I like the Bull. I do like Miami a lot. Over uh, Oklahoma State. Now, yeah. trends say that this is the wrong side. Miami has been traditionally awful recently in Bull games, and Oklahoma State's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think this is a kickoff to... Maybe a little bit too much buzz for Miami next season. Well, their quarterback's coming back. And that's a big part By of it. By the way, Brandon open. Peters with Illinois says he's coming back next year. Another year for him, yep. the former Michigan yep. quarterback who's been at Illinois. But Derek King will be back for Miami. They play Alabama week one next year. Yeesh. I think that's going to lead to a little bit more buzz. They win this game. That's my uh, favorite. On the college side, I was favored 10.5 right now at DraftKings. So that number has gone down uh, just a little bit from where it opened at Circa. My favorite college play, though, lay the points with Rutgers tonight at home against Purdue. All right. We'll see how you did tomorrow. We'll see how the Hawks did tomorrow. We'll talk about that. Uh, Murph and Andy at two. The Fanatics, they get to come in at four. Williams better start coming down from Bondurant. (laughs) Uh, Morning Rush will be back on the air tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. For seven today. Vasectomies. Yes, we're talking vasectomies. It's Trent Condon from KXNO. If your family is complete, the time is now to get on the horn and make your appointment with the Urology Center of Iowa. The time for my vasectomy is coming up. I set up my appointment with a great group of doctors at the Urology Center of Iowa. It was easy to do, and you can do it as well. Now is the time to maximize your insurance benefits before the end of the year. Call 515 400 3550. Again, 
400-3550. To set up your appointment today or go online, iowauro.com. That's iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. No ice packs or bags of pieces.